Welcome to the College Financial Aid and Career Navigation Podcast. Tom and Maria Geffers of Career and College Counselors, along with nationally recognized college financial aid expert Seth Green, teach two things. How to cut the cost of college tuition an average of $19,077 per child per year, and how to land your dream job after you graduate by choosing the right career and major. To get access to more information on how you can make the right choice, simply register at www.careercollegecounselors.com slash connect. To find out how to save an average of $19,077 per year per child on college tuition, go to www.howtofindmoneyforcollege.com. On the podcast, Tom, Maria, and Seth bring together leading experts in their fields who have experience in the college admission and career application process. They share their secrets so you can do it too. And now, here's your hosts, Tom, Maria, and Seth. Hi, and thank you so much for coming. My name's Maria Geffers, and this is my husband, Tom Geffers, and we're from Career and College Counselors. Today's special guest is Dr. Marlena Klofer, and uh, one of the things that she's going to be answering the questions is, what does it mean when you're an adult learner or returning learner? And that's what, uh, that's what uh, Dr. Marlena is going to be answering right now. So welcome, Dr. Marlena. Thank you so much for being here. Wonderful. I'm so happy to be here and be one of your first guests, your inaugural guests on your podcast. Yes. Um, yeah. I'd like you to tell me who you are. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do and why you do it. It's so important to know the why. So it's all yours, Dr. Marlena. Sure. So I am currently um, a higher education professional. I describe myself as a practitioner scholar. So that means I do work, obviously, in the field of higher education, but I'm also very interested in um, contributing to our literature and our understanding of specifically the graduate student experience. So obviously, there's a nice overlap there with adult learners and adult learning theory. Um, so I've been in the field for well, uh, over 10 years, kind of getting closer to 15. I've worked with undergrad, grad, adult learners in both the private um, institutions as well as state institutions. Um, so obviously I know you're gonna talk a little bit about that as well. So those have very specific discipline and institutional cultures, which obviously influence the student experience. Um, where I fell in love with adult learning theory and studying the adult learner experience was during my own graduate education um, experience. Um, it's something again, that's very therapeutic. Right. When you read the literature describing what you're going through, there's a lot of aha moments when you're like, OK, this is normal. These things, these questions I'm asking myself while I'm trying to get a degree are totally normal. And that's really where I fell in love with the theory and the topic of adult learning theory and why I think it's even more important to have people who are knowledgeable about that work with adult learners because they are so different. They're so different from traditional age learners um, as well as just traditional age college students. Um, so that's where I really fell in love with it. There are a ton of people studying and thinking about this, especially as we see the demographics change. Um, we're definitely seeing that in our state of Pennsylvania, right? That 18 to 22 year old demographic is decreasing. So institutions are looking for adult learners, how to connect with them and how to welcome them to campus. Um, so hopefully that gives you a little snapshot, right? Why I am so passionate about adult learners and adult learning theory. And again, thinking about that as a specific student population. 
Thank you. And if I uh, read your LinkedIn post uh, correctly, you have actually been a presenter and have also uh, a couple of uh, articles that you've written about adult education in different fields. Is that correct? Yes, because um, as I mentioned earlier, as this population is increasing, institutions and disciplines and professional organizations are hungry to learn more about them. Um, and we know that, you know, the experiences of a nursing student are very different from a student in an MBA program, which are very different from a student who's going back for a master's in education, or very different from a student who's doing the traditional undergraduate type of program, but doing it at nighttime, right? So there's still a lot of things we're looking to understand about the student experience and what are those lessons that we can learn to make institutions, to make programs more welcoming um, to the student population. Right, okay, so we have some questions uh, for you. And please, you know, at any time, uh, elaborate whenever you feel you uh, want more information out there. So what are some of the advantages of returning to school as an adult, as a practicing professional. I mean, that's sometimes a little tough. So what are some of the advantages that instead of going right in uh, being from high school, 18, 19, uh, what do you think some of the advantages are? Yeah, I think as a returning adult learner, you know, or you're a little bit more self-aware, right? So you understand what you do like versus maybe what you don't like. So you can be more strategic and more focused in the program that you're studying. Um, you also understand that why this matters, right? Even how much this is costing you in, in terms of time, energy, and of course money. So I think when you come back as an adult learner, you're a little bit more focused. You're a little bit more um, invested in it. And again, you're looking to make usually larger changes in your life, right? It's not a stopgap. You're not kind of hanging out, figuring things out. While you're studying, you have a really um, big goal, usually in a very specific goal. And I think, again, with that, you approach your relationships differently, right? So the interactions you have with faculty, the interactions you have with your colleagues in the course are very different, again, because you have that specific goal in mind, whether it is just to get the degree, whether it is to get a credential to help you to move out of your um, career. Um, again, you're just much more focused. So again, your approach is very different as an adult learner compared to an 18 to 22 year old who has very different understanding of life and understanding of self, right? Even the most mature 18 to 22 year old has a very different outlook on their experience or educational experience than perhaps an adult learner. Could you tell us, uh, you know, we have a lot of different uh, people. Our demographic is going to be very, very varied. Uh, who's watching this uh, particular podcast and listening to us. Could you give a brief description as to the difference between earning a degree and a certification or a certificate, a credential? Because I think sometimes uh, returning uh, adults with full-time jobs or moms that are thinking about going back to school, uh, you know, uh, they're a little worried about going, jumping into a BA, BS, or even a master's. So uh, maybe you could explain a little bit the difference, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, so there's a ton of options, right, available to students right now and, and to adult learners. Um, we're seeing a lot of badging programs come out, right? So even through Google or different companies, they're offering like more badging or credentials, which are a great um, jumpstart or a great kind of another, um, you know, win or badge to have on your resume or your LinkedIn. But they're 
for sure very different than a certificate program or a bachelor's or a master's, right? So certificate and bachelor and master's programs are usually credit bearing, right? And they're usually offered through um, an accredited institution. So those are usually questions you wanna ask, especially if you're trying to figure out the path that's best for you. Um, so you wanna always make sure it's an accredited institution. Again, these are credit bearing, which also will then um, it, influence whether you are eligible for financial aid, right? So a lot of badging and perhaps um, certificate or certification types of programs might not be credit bearing. So then therefore they're not eligible for financial aid. So a lot of different questions to ask. Um, there's no really wrong path, right? Again, I think it's whatever your journey is, whatever your goal is, is going to help you determine which pathway is best for you. Um, but definitely like a bachelor's is usually 124, 126 credits, right? And they come out with a bachelor of science, a bachelor of arts degree from an institution. A master's program is usually 36-ish credit. So again, you need that post, uh, it's a post-baccalaureate program. So you need your uh, undergraduate degree completed to do your master's. Um, so a ton of different options. Um, just again, ask the questions of the institutions and ask the questions of yourself too. Why? Why am I doing this? Why am I pursuing it? Is it to just fill in a skill set gap that I have, right? So maybe that badging or additional credentialing program might help me fit that need. Or is it I'm already working somewhere and hey, they're telling me I need a master's, right? Or I need that graduate certificate, again, to give me not only just that skill gap, but that knowledge and kind of experience gap. Um, so a ton of different options out there. Great, and what about universities? How accommodating are they to returning students or um, you know, adult learners? Yeah, so I mean, they they run the gamut, right? So some of them are very accommodating and have this mission of serving adult learners. Um, and some are catching on, right? It's a whole different type of um, mentality shift in the way you deliver not only your academic um, offerings, but also your academic support programming. Um, if you have to serve adult learners, usually you have to be a little bit more available in the after hours, right? Because our adult learners tend to work full time. So you have to have those shifts in the hours of operation. Um, or even just the shifts, and we see this a lot about childcare, right? So that's a big thing right now on institutions, um, bringing back childcare centers. That's a, a big um, sell for a lot of adult learners who might have to bring the family, right, when they're coming back to class in the evening or if they're trying to study in the library. So. Um, some people do it really well, some people not so much, um, but these are the questions you want to ask when you're meeting with your admissions counselor or even your academic counselor um, and definitely your financial aid, right, because adult learners will study in a different type of schedule than a traditional full-time daytime student. So even the way you are covered in financial aid matters, and even the way they are structured and how you do your credits matters, right? Is it an accelerated time or is it a traditional semester time frame? These are all things that are going to help you plan your schedule and understand if this is actually an opportunity or something that you're able to do. Right, and I really think one of the important things, uh, having gone back to school after getting my bachelor's is the support of your family. Everybody needs to be on board, right, Tom? Absolutely. <laughs> Everybody has to be willing to sacrifice uh, your children and your husband and uh, things don't work as smoothly as they would if you were a full-time mom or 
you know, uh, just working that, you know, it, it is a big difference and it is a big time commitment. Like you said, a lot of the returning students have families, they have full-time jobs, and some of them are carrying full-time loads, uh, you know, as well. And that's why it's even more important to have a program that has support system or support networks built into it. Like you mentioned, you have a lot of different identities as you're studying, right? And one of them is the per personal identity. And if you're the only one in your family who's studying in the evening or who is um, pursuing an undergraduate or graduate degree, that can feel very alienating, right? Because you're talking about experiences that some of your family members um, or your friends can't understand. So they don't know how to support you. And that doesn't mean you know, they're any less of a friend or family member. It's just, again, this is such a specific experience and a transformation of yourself through your educational journey that it's helpful to have within your program that network of support, right? So if it's your colleagues in the program, your advisor, so you can have those conversations of like, this is really tough. Um, I go home and I want to talk about it, but there's nobody to talk to about it. Um, which again is a big part of my mission and passion is just to try to normalize the experience as much as we can, right? There's things we know that are going to happen, those moments of, you know, challenge. And obviously they talk a lot about imposter syndrome. So that's a well-known theme and kind of. Tell us a little bit about that since you've jumped in uh, with that. That's a huge uh, syndrome. So if you could briefly tell us what the imposter syndrome is really about. Yeah, and we see imposter syndrome come up in a lot of different areas. Um, and you can even see it in K through 12, professional. Anytime you feel like you don't belong there or this was a fluke, I shouldn't be here, I'm not smart enough, I don't have the credentials, um, I don't have the skill set, um, I don't belong, right? Anytime you're like, this, this is not where I'm supposed to be, they let me in by accident, right? This is a fluke, that's imposter syndrome. And that can keep you from really um, progressing progressing in your educational journey and then just progressing in whatever goals are next. If you constantly feel like you don't belong here, you shouldn't be here, that'll definitely affect the way you approach career development services or your relationship with your advisor. So again, the more you look for programs that understand this and understand this very specific experience, the better they will be at supporting you in your journey to help solve for those things that we know are going to happen. And I think that's one of, you've answered one of the questions that we had, that that often is the biggest fear uh, of returning an adult students, uh, that they feel like they're just not smart enough or they, uh, there's, you know, there's a big mistake, something happened that they're that they are actually allowed to do this. Yeah. Another demographic, if I could just go in there, are senior citizens. A lot of colleges are actually offering senior citizens free education. Do you have any uh, thoughts on that? Yes, obviously that's a wonderful opportunity for your community members to get re-engaged with campuses. However, I will say it again, the program has to be accessible, right? It's wonderful to offer them, but if you're offering them, it's days of the time of the days that don't make sense for senior citizens, or I have to come to campus three times a week, or, you know, the technology that's required. So there's a lot of programming and kind of thinking about the process that needs to go in behind that. So again, it's wonderful, but when I've worked with different programs, it's more about finding the, the student, the senior citizen student who can actually 
make that, right? Who can meet the requirements of the program in terms of timing and just accessibility. Um, so again, these are all questions to ask if you are yourself looking for a program. Hey, talk, do you have any questions to ask Dr. Marlena? I have several questions to ask. You know, being a, getting a doctorate in education, you are really an adult by the time you finish that up, and most people are, okay? They're not really students anymore. They're adults going, you know, finishing up their, their terminal degree, as they call it. So, you know, you have experience as, uh, as being a, um, a, an adult student when you're finishing up. So what do you like best about being a success coach with the adults that you're working with now? Yeah, I always like to say, I feel like I'm running a marathon with 60 or 80 of my closest friends. And um, I say that meaning I really feel like I'm running alongside of them. I'm not doing the course with them necessarily. However, I'm there from start to finish for the trips, the sips of water, the, you know, twisted ankle, I'm along with them. So that's really my favorite part. I mean, it, it is tough, right? Because I can really relate to it. It's not too long ago that I did it myself, right? So I think that also gives me that fresh perspective and kind of, again, normalizes it when I have to tell them this is, you know, this is tough. This is when it is going to hurt a little bit because it is so different. Um, so I really love that. I love, again, being able to talk about the experience in a personal way um, and just being along with them. And, and I think they understand, right? I genuinely understand the whole experience, the, the good and the bad, um, the wins and the losses. And I also hopefully have a, a skill set that I can share with them to hopefully make their journey a little bit easier. Um, but definitely, because you see the transformation no matter what, even if it's the most professional person coming in for a short credential, they're going to change. Educational Education is transformational, no matter what. Even if it's a little bit, you're constantly changing just a little bit. And I think, again, the more that I normalize that and talk about that, the easier it is for them to experience that transformation. Very good. Obviously, you have your, your finger on the pulse of... Uh adult education and you, you do research and what do you feel uh, that the other colleges are doing? Are they doing stuff right at this point to you know get into this market? Obviously a lot of schools are having trouble filling their seats with uh, students and yeah, adult education is uh, you know uh, on, on the new horizon for them I guess. So what is your feeling of uh, other schools around the, either around the state or around the country? Are they, are they doing the right things? Do you see them doing the right things going forward? I see a lot of people that are hungry, and I should say institutions that are hungry, right? And I would almost equate it to what happened a couple years ago with international enrollment too, right? They saw it as um, a big population that was being untapped, right? So they went after them. Um, I see adult learners in the same way. Um, we see that even in our own state, right? They're focusing on degree completers, which sounds amazing. And we're like, yeah, I know a lot of people who started but didn't finish. However, you have to build again that system around them that can actually help them finish um, to be a true degree completer. So I think there's a lot of practice and kind of goal setting, but not really the thoughtfulness um, that this population requires. Um, and even just thinking about career development, right? Adult learners who are returning have a very different relationship with a career development 
uh, office than your traditional student. So maybe, yes, they need a little help with tweaking resumes, but they're not going to go to a resume building workshop, right? They want to know more tactical things about how to um, continue to progress their career. So instead of that introductory type of conversations that happen in a career office, they need more, right? A richer and deeper type of conversations and, and networking help. So the systems are there, but again, to be thoughtful. And I, I'm hoping, I'm hoping to see institutions be more thoughtful in their delivery or even how they deliver, right? We've been in this world of Zoom recently. And what lessons can we learn about accessibility for adult learners through Zoom, right? Could we have more things in the evening via Zoom for career development, for um, tutoring, for writing? Again, because our adult learners interact with these services very differently than what they were originally built for. So I'm hopeful. I, I think it's a great um, population. I think an underserved population. But again, I would hate for institutions to chase it only to be unsuccessful because they weren't thoughtful in the design. All right. You answered a few questions that I had. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to repeat you know, mm -hmm. uh, what I wanted to ask you because a lot of it is related to what you've said about careers and, and doing testing mm -hmm. and knowing exactly what you, you should do. And that's a tough thing to do. But adults mm -hmm. have a little easier time because they've had experience working. But do you have any experience with somebody that you really love to talk about, about how they were maybe uh, cautious to begin with and, and how they succeeded as an adult and how, you know, they got over that hump? Any favorite stories you have? That <laughs> Um, yeah, like I mentioned, it, it is a very transformational experience to go for any type of education, whether that's undergrad or grad. Um, some of my favorite, though, are seeing people start a new program, right? And maybe in a discipline they didn't have an undergrad degree in, right? So totally new, um, really unsure, knew they had an interest, but didn't know what that meant, right? Um, and through their program, through their experiences, is starting to develop, and I hate to say a scholarly identity, but it's part of it, right? There's doctoral programs where that's a part of it. You have to do research. So really finding that part of themselves, that interest again, like, hey, I can do this, right? I can contribute to our understanding of this piece. Um, so getting to witness students to do that, to going through that and for them to now not only um, develop that scholarly identity, but see how that now influences their professional identity. Maybe they do get that promotion. Maybe they're presenting at a conference now because of that certain, you know, project or coursework or relationship with a faculty member that they got to develop something that they got to now take from this kind of, you know, experience over here in the classroom, but now I get to move it over here and present it in my professional work. I get to put it in my portfolio. I get to bring this, you know, problem solved to my office. So I love seeing that, that kind of back and forth, which again is very much a part of adult learning is that need to have that practicality, right? I don't wanna have like two silos. I don't wanna have two separate experiences. I wanna be able to do that dance between the two because one, that's gonna be more meaningful to me, but it's also gonna help me make more of those connections, that true learning that happens when you're able to make those connections. So I love when I see that kind of happening smoothly and almost like, you know, in just a very musical way. Good. Well, if I was returning to college. Not again. Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> so 
mom has put me through a lot of college and without his support, uh, you know, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. Um, if I was interested in, or someone else that I know is interested in returning to college, what is the first thing that I should do? I think it's sitting down and making sure and having that moment of reflection, right? What are my goals? Because no matter who you meet with, whether it's an admissions counselor, an academic advisor, the first question they're going to ask you is, why are you interested in this program? Um, and I've been there for many times when I ask that of students and they don't know how to answer it, which is okay. But then I don't know as a representative how to talk to you about the program, right? What was it that brought you here? Was it the institutional, you know, um, identity or reputation? Was that it? Let's be honest, it's the local school. You're very accessible. I can do this. I can come here after work. Um, so I think having that moment of reflection and understanding what it is uh, like you're trying to do, what are your goals, um, I think is the most important thing. And then do your homework and get on the websites, get on the social media and look at it. what are they talking about? What students are they highlighting? Do the students have similar interests, right? Is you know, are they able to help people grow in their profession? I was working with um, a nurse who came back for a graduate certificate, and she said it was the certificate that helped her progress. She wasn't even going to apply for this job. She went for it anyway, and it was because she had this additional credential that she was able to make that move. So again, telling those stories, looking at what stories the institution is telling, isn't one like yourself. Are they showing adult learners or are they still highlighting a lot of traditional age students? Um, because when you get there, you want to know who's going to be with you, right? If it's a lot of other younger students and you're the older person or the oldest person in the classroom, that can be uncomfortable depending on what your own kind of comfort level is, right, with stepping out. So I think doing that type whole, of homework, uh, You can throw up the whole yeah. marking curve. I remember that. <laughs> A long time ago when I was in college, there was always uh, one person in the back, sitting in the back, who was obviously a lot older. <laughs> and they always got the A. They got, you know, the credits mark. And uh, it, it does throw up the curve. But, you know, when that situation now, they're all adults. But right. yes, it's true. Right, but if you don't want to be that person or, you know, maybe to do that homework again, to see what the demographics are, I think, will help you in your own comfort level. Um, it is true. And we've come such a long way in general with adult learning and how they're integrated, how adult learners are integrated into even daytime classes. It's changed so much. But I think just doing your homework, understanding what your, I know you guys talk a lot about why, but what your why is. Why are you doing this? Is it for professional? Is it for personal? Because let's be honest, there's still a lot of adult learners who are on a personal journey. So they may not be able to tell you, I want this job or I'm, you know, tra transitioning from careers, but they're going to tell you, I love to learn. I, I did this program as an undergrad and hey, I always had this kind of hunger to look at philosophy or, or math or whatever it is. So just understand that so you can talk about it and then you can be a better advocate for yourself as well during the search process. So is the outlook for uh, adult education very good, very strong, very positive at this point? Do you see that happening? Yeah, again, because there's a need, the demographic is there. However, there's a lot of competition, right? And as the adult learner, the consumer, the shopper, you have a lot of decisions to make as well. 
do you want to do a brick and mortar? Do you want to do an online um, experience? Do you want to do an online connected to a brick and mortar? Um, so there's a lot of options um, and a lot of growth, but it, again, so there's a lot of opportunities for the student, but there's also opportunities to get stuck, right? Or find not the right fit. So I think again, with the <laughs> tons of opportunity, you have to be a more educated um, student as you're doing your shopping and kind of finding the right fit. So need to ask, you need to ask questions and you need to connect with the right people in the in the institution that you're looking at because uh, that's important to uh to to find out if it's a good fit is it a good demographics before, yeah. before we, we wrap this up anything uh else any other advice you have uh, that we maybe haven't touched on that you would like to uh, finish up with as a final message to us and our listeners Sure. I think, again, just reminding yourself that it is a journey. And just if this is your second go round, remember there's an orientation. There's a whole process where you have to find your footing. And that is all very individual, right? Only you know how long it's going to take you to kind of really settle into the pace um, to the experience. So just be gentle, be gentle on yourself. Um, it's going to be rocky in the beginning, but also know to ask for help, right? Ask for help from family members if you need help around the house or that personal type of things. Ask for help from your instructor. Um, there's a lot of help available. I think it is the biggest hurdle for adult learners is they don't wanna ask for it. So just know that you're going to need help at some point, whether it's from your boss, from your professional colleagues, and, and be open to that and just acknowledge that this is a new experience um, and just be, like I said, willing to ask for help and don't feel negatively about it. Is there, uh, can you give us a contact uh, email that if anyone wants to learn a little bit more that uh, they could contact you? Um, yes, I can actually, I will put it in with the notes from the meeting. Um, so for, I'm always happy to help. I will give you that email so you can provide it in your description. Great. Great. Well, thank you so much, uh, Dr. Marlena. And, uh, we appreciate you taking your time, uh, take time out, I should say, from your very busy, busy schedule. And, um, I love your blackboard in the back. So good job. Oh, thank right. you. Well, I hope to see you again, and thank you to all our listeners. Hopefully you have some really good pearls of wisdom. Uh, say goodbye, Tom. Thank you for your time. Goodbye. Bye-bye.